Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I'm excited because I have with me Alex Brandwine, who, like me, is a proud UNC Keenan Flagler MBA alum. Alex is also the founder of Brandwine's Bagels, which is why I'm excited to talk to him today. And not just because I'm a good, I'm a big fan of bagels, having been uh, someone who's lived on the East Coast for the majority of my life and have an appreciation for a good bagel, but uh, also because I, I'm, I'm excited to dig in and hear Alex's story about choosing to, the journey to entrepreneurship and, and what really he's built, particularly during his time at UNC Keenan Feigler and even beyond. So first and foremost, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more. I always love starting off with just a warm-up question, and I love this question particularly for entrepreneurs like yourself. So would love to know from you, what was your first job growing up as a kid, and what did you learn from that experience? First off, Al, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I was flattered when you reached out. So thank you. First job I had as a kid, I was a ball keeper and timekeeper for a lacrosse, summer lacrosse camp. And what I learned from that, getting I started off getting paid $7 an hour, $7 a game, and then moved up to the ranks. I learned that hustle counts and being there, being accountable for, the, the quote that comes to mind is my best ability is availability sort of matters and being there for people and being someone that people could trust and count on not only worked to my benefit, but felt really good for me. I loved being the person that could be on time, show up, do a good job, do all the little things, run around, get like score, just make things think, make sure things were right. And that always touched a nerve that felt like I could finish the day and, and go home and feel proud of myself. That's great. And I'm sure too, now as an entrepreneur, the ability to have people around you that you can rely on and just trust is probably something that you appreciate just knowing all of the things that you have going on at any given time. It blows me away. Honestly, I feel so lucky. Like my favorite people are the people that I get to work with every day. I'm definitely a team first person. If the team isn't good and feeling strong, sort of nothing else feels right. And so knowing that there are people like that, that are taking care of, like it's 1215 on a Monday and the shop's humming and that's really cool. That's great. Well, we'll dig into that, but I want to hear a little bit more about your career and your journey first. So let's start with what did you do before business school and why did you choose to get an MBA to begin with? Sure. So for the first eight years after graduating college, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, originally from New York, all of the, the bagels. I found myself in the investment banking and private equity world and did that for about eight years. Reason I joined that, I probably wasn't too sure what I wanted to do when I graduated college. There is this thing called investment banking. I was at part of the business school program at Wisconsin. And I thought to myself, let me find something that will give me some good foundation, a lot of experience. And going back to that first job, I always thought, I don't know how smart I necessarily am, but I can control how hard I work. 
And investment banking is a great place to lean into that, get a ton of responsibility and see what happens. In addition, my mom worked in finance for 40 years and was a huge provider to me and my sisters. And I always wanted to hopefully do the same thing to a future family down the road. That's lovely. And could you talk more just about why you chose to get an MBA? Sure. So I was doing the investment banking private equity thing. And and I, while I was doing it and, and doing well, I never really, I had blinders on for a long time. And I started to hit a moment where I realized this, this wasn't making sense. And I had been jamming a circle into a square for a really long time. And I was unhappy, upset, frustrated, and needed to, to find something else to do and felt like I was really making an impact with people. Being on the 39th floor in Midtown Manhattan, it just didn't feel like I was getting that. And so the chance to go to business school and explore other, other options was exciting for me. So you show up at UNC Kenan Flagler and you're, you're going through the MBA program and like many other MBAs, at some point you do have to think about, okay, what do I want to recruit for or what path do I want to pursue? Do you, did you go into business school with the idea that you wanted to go in this path of entrepreneurship? Were you looking at other paths? Talk to me a little bit about, well, actually remember, I remember meeting you when you were looking at something that was not what you're doing now. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Sure. No, I'd love to say it. I had a great plan and a great vision and all that. But to be honest with you, Al, I was a pretty lost puppy coming into business school. Um, one of the biggest things that I got or, or needed from business school was confidence. It was hard being around classmates that knew exactly what they wanted to do, whether it was to go into investment banking and private equity or consulting or into tech. And I'd say I spent that first year doing a lot of addition by subtraction. That led me to do the the West Coast Tech Trek and where we first met at Salesforce in San Francisco. So I was just exploring and trying to find things that were interesting to me. I always had this entrepreneurial itch and I even had it for my time in private equity where we were starting businesses and expanding the platform of what real estate could be. And so I wasn't sure where that was going to play out, but there was something exciting about the West Coast and everything going on on the peninsula there that I wanted to explore. But I'd say that first year was really challenging because it was not, it was, I was realizing things that I didn't want to do more than things that I wanted. Yeah, I can definitely understand that and appreciate that. I also think to your point, when you're in an environment where the main focus or a big focus for a lot of folks is career and thinking about your career and, and talking about your career, if everyone around you is, is confident or seems confident, that they know what they want and and, right. and and you don't, I can see how that can be really, really challenging, right? In terms, just in terms of the, just the everyday di dialogue, right? And naturally uh, in those conversations that that's what comes up, right? What are you doing? Where are you going? Right. You're recruiting for all those, all those types of, all those types of things. And yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It, I, I think sometimes to be able to not necessarily block out, but to be able to hold space for letting those conversations happen because that's you know also sometimes where ideas and opportunities come from while still being comfortable and confident in figuring out what it is that you're trying to do and just as a follow-up to that because I, I definitely can hear you on the confidence thing how did you navigate that in terms of figuring out how how do I still have some level of confidence or gain confidence while knowing that it's A, something I want to work on, but B, 
when everyone else seems like they have their own confidence, but you may not necessarily feel confident in any given moment. Yeah, it, for a, the hardest thing for me during that first year of MBA was having patience and letting things play out. I'm definitely one that wants to fix or act or react as quick as possible and giving myself that moment to not jump at the first thing or even honestly in MBA land, it's hard to quit things or step away or say that this doesn't feel right. And it took a lot of courage to start trusting my gut and going with things that felt good and staying away from things that did not, which is which was really hard because I probably spent eight years doing fighting something and chasing the safety net of something that never actually felt good or I didn't even dare to look at to see whether I liked it or not. And the bagel thing, I just, it kept, it wasn't, it wasn't even like this big plan more than it was something I was interested in and I was curious about and seemed fun. And so I kept scratching that itch. And so I don't know if it was the confidence thing. There was not that sort of aha moment. I just kept just using this two years as a free period to trust myself and see what happened, knowing that there really wasn't failure didn't seem like this big thing. And I, and I really did trust that I knew that given my experiences, I could find a job afterwards. And so MBA felt like, all right, let's play a little fast and loose and see what happens and know that I'll be okay at the end of the day, no matter what. Yeah. So you mentioned that um, you spent part of your time looking at opportunities and being patient if they didn't necessarily hit the criteria you were looking for or sorting out and sensing, this is not something I want to do. I, I, what about this thing? When did either starting a business or opening a bagel shop come on the radar? And how did, how did you have the confidence to then say, oh, this is the, this is the one I'm ready to jump in and, and try to make this happen? It was slow. It was instantaneous as the New Yorker that I am that realized there wasn't a bagel shop in Chapel Hill. It blew my <laughs> mind. I always thought of Chapel Hill as College Town, USA, like one of the premier college towns in America. And I couldn't believe there wasn't that local go-to bagel shop. And so that was immediate. But the process of going from, I can't believe there isn't a bagel shop, to even getting the courage to bake. And I have 0.0 .0 baking experience. I was the order sushi late night sort of person for the previous year, for the previous eight years of my life. It took time. It was curiosity. It was, it was slow going, but that sort of moment of there's an opportunity if you're of something I love. I ate bagels every single day. I didn't know what that meant at the time. I just loved bagels. And then seeing that there was something missing in the market and then hearing my bosses from my old life saying, Alex, you're not that smart. Why aren't, why isn't there a bagel shop in Chapel Hill? Figure that out and see if there's something here. Sure. So could you talk to me a little bit about what that timeline kind of looked like for you in terms of when you got started and how you got going? Sure. So I came to Chapel Hill in July, 2018 and noticed immediately there weren't bagels. I made my first batch of bagels that November coming home for Thanksgiving. It was like a pre-made mix just to see what it was like. And it was really fun. How did it taste? It actually tasted pretty good. I, okay, remember, giving good. It to my, I remember giving it to my sister, who is by far my toughest critic. And she said, these aren't half bad, which was really <laughs> cool. And then from there, I came back to campus excited to start making bagels from scratch. And I started keeping tabs of different recipes and different changes and was baking in my apartment. And it kept going on into the new year. And then 
as like in NBA world, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do that summer. And that sort of was a big moment. I'd gotten really into it. I had gotten into Adam's apprenticeship at UNC, which was huge. And I was really trying to figure out three questions. One, was I the only one that wanted bagels, New York style bagels? Two, how do you actually do it? And three, does this make money? Is this something that could create a lifestyle for myself that could be sustainable um, for the long term? So I really created three columns and said, let's try to answer those questions. Sure. And you mentioned the Adams Apprenticeship, which we've had some folks on the show. Becca, Becca Wright talked about this in the past and others. But could you talk a little bit more about either that or any of the other programs or resources that you used while you were at UNC to really help bring this idea to life? Sure. So I'd just step back. UNC was the school. It was all about the people. It's always been about the people. And from the get-go, I felt like where I was at mentally in New York City in, in 20, early 2018 and trying to figure out what to do, I needed someone, I needed to find people that are going to put me under their wing and just support me. And immediately when I came to UNC, I, I had like a partial scholarship through the real estate program. And I was scared, but I went immediately when I got there to tell them, I don't know if I want to do real estate and I don't want to take scholarship money if it doesn't make sense. And if I'm not the real estate person you want me to be, because that's what I had done for the previous eight years. And to my amazement, they were instantly, what do you want to do? Let's figure it out. This is exciting. Let's go. And that sort of mentality ran all the way through my experience at Keenan Flagler and throughout Chapel Hill. Adam's apprenticeship was incredible. The 15 people that are undergrads, 15 grad students brought together, just opened my eyes to creativity and optimism and incredible people. And the advisors that surrounded it were fantastic. I, and, and Becca Wright, you mentioned, she's one of the first people that comes to mind. Before she's right there with me, it's 11 o'clock at night and we're rolling bagels together and she's helping me with the pop-up and, and providing real candid feedback of how Brandwine's bagels can be better out of just the goodness of her heart. So being around those type of people coming from a New York world where it always felt like a zero-sum game, I'd never experienced that before. And so it was it was life-changing, honestly. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I love that example. And also because I, just particularly because I know Becca and I know the kind of person that she is, but I also think what you just mentioned, I think a lot of times when people talk about business school or why they choose a particular business school or why they like a particular experience in business school, one of the answers that often comes up is, is the people or is the community or whatnot. And I know having had many conversations with prospective students, it's, it's, a, it's a good answer, but it doesn't really always, it's never enough, right? And, yeah. and also certainly having been on the other side of informational interviews before when people ask me, oh, well, what did you like about Salesforce? Of course, I'm going to say the people. I, I really did. Right, right. <laughs> but it's, it's like, okay, well, well, great. So what does that even mean? But I, I love that example that you gave because I think it really does bring to life and illustrate the value of an MBA, the community, and in, in this case, the, the value of an MBA and community at a program like UNC. And taking off my MBA Insider podcast host hat for a second and putting on my biased um, hat of being a UNC Keenan Flagler alum, one of the things that I've also always found about UNC is that it does attract people like you and Becca and like others who are gonna be there at 11 o'clock in the evening to give you feedback, or in your case, which I think is incredible, 
someone who's going to go back to the scholarship committee to say, hey, uh, uh, this could be better used for someone else, which like you didn't have to do that. But as a fellow alum, I just it doesn't surprise me that someone like you would do something like that. But it, it for me, again, putting on my biased UNC Keenan Flagler, it, it makes me proud to know that those are the types of people that when I am in the trenches trying to figure things out, those are the types of people that I can call. And that's super, that's super powerful. It's, in, it's amazing. My career coach was Megan Gosk. And she showed up at our first ever pop-up at six o'clock in the morning, brand wine's t-shirt, baseball hat, ready to go, like on a Saturday, like to commit that time and effort to support someone. There's 300 students in a class and she's there doing that. It, it was always little moments like that where people kept meeting you and exceeding expectations on and on and on. So it, yeah, I'm, I'm very biased over here, but it, it opened my eyes that there were these type of people in the world and I like, I needed more of it, honestly. Yeah. Last thing before I put back on my host hat, this is yes. maybe the third or, <laughs> this is maybe the third or fourth time on the show where Megan Gosk has gotten a shout out. And really? Yeah, no, it's uh, part of it's because I've had so many UNC folks on, but again, talking about people who really make an impact and, and she's someone who has had an influential impact on me and, and actually was one of I knew I, I knew I wanted to invite you on the show at some point, but she was one of the people who really was pushing to to bring you on here. So no uh, this is like the fourth or fifth shout out I've had to do to Megan Goth. But Megan, if you're if you're listening to we pre we appreciate you and in, in what oh you've my done gosh. for, for that's all. so full circle. I had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. So putting on my 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 host hat back on for a second here. So yep. one of the things I remember reading about you and I remember also from when you graduated was that a big portion of when you were really in the trenches of getting this started was right at the beginning of COVID and back in March 2020 or shortly there around there. Could you talk about that experience just in terms of what it was like to really try to start a business while something unexpected was really happening and trying to figure and navigate the storm through that? Yeah, it was terrifying. I signed our lease on February 14, 2020, and the world went upside down just a few weeks later. And when I say terrifying, it was nightmares every night of honestly accepting my old job back at JP Morgan. I had dreams of with my BlackBerry messaging someone at JP Morgan accepting my job because this just wasn't going to work. And the thought of opening up a small business when small businesses have never been impacted like this before. And here I am with an MBA and this and that, and I'm supposed to be smart and I'm going to go ahead and do this. I was scared. I was trying to think about alternatives, if there were smaller, more cost-effective ways of doing, but I talked to as many people as I possibly could. And something I just think about a lot going through this process has been, if it's going to fail, at least fail my way, was how can we create a system? A lot of conversations with the health department and downtown Chapel Hill of, can we do this in a safe way? Can we still make this work and, and go ahead? And so we proceeded to do so. We were doing bagel delivery services and door drop-offs right throughout the beginning and the end of my second year, McKean and Flagler and then opened up in August, 2020. We had our first meeting in a parking lot, our entire team outside, like all these chairs spread out six feet apart from each other and just did our best. I think it, I think it went back to a lot about the team and a lot about transparency. And that's been a big thing for the business the whole way through is letting the bar down, not pretending we're anything that we're not and being really communicative with 
this town and our team about what we're doing, how we're staying safe, the mistakes if we're making them and being honest and upfront and letting people know like this is the process and we're doing the best we can. And I think that developed a lot of trust um, amongst our team and then with the town as we as we decided to open up despite it all. I, I mean, I think that being an entrepreneur of any kind, you're always going to have to manage and navigate through un, uncertain or risk situations. But certainly this is one that is of huge magnitude to, to step into at any given time. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of learnings that really have, have come from that. And, and I, think that's, I think that's really great. But I know that you mentioned, you, know, you talked a little bit about meeting in the parking lot for the first time with your team. Could you talk a little bit more just about what kind of, what kind of team does it take to really get a bagel shop up and running and, and humming each and every day? I had no idea. There are so many people. Right now, we've got a team of 40. We probably, which half are full-time, half are part-time. You need bakers. You need production bakers that actually make the dough. The bake, the early bakers that come in at three or four o'clock in the morning to actually bake it. You need people that are in the back preparing all the food, making all the cream cheeses, getting everything set up, line cooks to actually execute, executive chef, front of house managers, and then all these front of house workers to actually make it go. Um, there's a lot of parts to it. And it's almost this big dance that sort of feels like ha is happening every day. A big thing for me is getting to know the team and being there. I always felt like at least the thesis for the shop is that you can truly care about every single person in the shop and their well-being and, and know them as a person and still do a great job. And that's something I wanted to prove that you can care about people, be connected and still and still do a great job. And so I think myself being vulnerable, being open and tr hopefully creating an environment that felt comfortable and safe to be in and understanding what we were going for helped to create a team, a group of people that were committed to this beyond just a, a clock in clock out kind of a job. C certainly. And your the thesis that you talked about, how did you come up with that thesis or what influenced you to want to build a company around that idea? I admittedly spent a lot of time in an environment where that wasn't the focus. It was we're handling millions and billions of other people's money to go out and invest it and spending time getting to know your coworker in the cubicle next to you is not necessarily beneficial to a $50 million investment somewhere. And so it made for a very tense environment. And for me in particular, never sat right. And so while I respect that mentality completely because the companies I worked for were just excellent at what they did for me creating environment that was a place i wanted to come into every day which was always high achieving but also one that felt like i really i could high five the person next to them was huge i go back even further i was trying to find a place that felt like i had my flow a place that felt happy for me and that was always playing ice hockey growing up and so you're always competing but there's with that and with your teammates you're high-fiving you're making mistakes someone might have messed up there's this, that, all that goes on in a game, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they are your teammates and you're with them through thick or thin. And that, I love that. And so creating an environment like that where we always wanted to do our best, but we always 
got each other's back at the end of the day too was something that was always really special for me and something I wanted to hopefully create with the shop. And how's it going so far? Amazing. My favorite part of my day is coming in in the morning and doing an elbow high five with everybody at the beginning of the shift and an elbow high five and looking them right in the eye and saying thank you at the end. And it's been really, really special getting to work with the people we get to every day. And I know that sounds like the corniest thing in the world, but that's also me, but it's also really true. There's, I'd be lying if I said there's not ups and downs. Absolutely. Like any family, there's, there's that, but the core of the team and what we're about is it's, it's really fun to, to work at our shop. It, what I, what I love about what you just talked about is that in order to, I think, figure out what you want to do for a job or, or a career, it certainly is influenced by what you've previously experienced in your life. And that can be in your case in the corporate world. It could be playing hockey growing up. It could, it could be a lot of different things. But what strikes me about what you've done is that entrepreneurship for you, I mean, certainly it's a little bit about building a bagel shop, but what it also has been about for you is being able to create an environment where you can you can do work that is important and meaningful to you with in in around other people right and 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 that that's something i don't know i don't want to put words in your mouth but that's something that i i, I feel like i'm hearing in the sense you don't always necessarily i think working at big companies can be great but you don't always get to choose the people that you work with but entrepreneurship is a potentially a vehicle in your case for not only choosing the people who you want to work with but creating a culture and environment that you want to work in you're no you're not putting words in my mouth like it's it's about the bagels, but it's not about the bagels at all because I didn't get into this thing to just build a bagel empire. I got into it to hopefully create an environment that I wanted to be a part of. Hopefully, yes, financially and stability-wise, it's it's something that works most definitely for myself and everyone that works at Brandwine's Bagels. But it if it doesn't work by following principles of of creating that environment that feels special and comforting and a, and a place you're excited about every day, then no matter how big we get or how many dollar signs there are, it, it won't necessarily be a success in my mind. And and that is based upon a, a lot of different things that I've experienced in, in my life. So earlier you had mentioned that certainly you had your investment banking and finance career before business school and now you're in entrepreneurship. I am curious, how do you think about your career now and and maybe or maybe even just career growth now that you're not in the corporate world now that you're not in finance or investment banking but what do you think about your career in terms of the next i don't know 3 years 5 years 10 years well looking back it's 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 hard to like imagine that i did that for so many years i'm really grateful for the experience i learned so much it taught me a lot and the sort of breaking point that I hit in 2018 was was almost necessary in order to start sort of restart and remake what what actually matters for me. Go looking forward, it's just that I think I like the quote "Go an inch wide and a mile deep," and the fun for the shop for me is being in the shop. And so, how do I grow Brandwine's Bagels by keeping it local and having the opportunity to be in the shop every day and not at my desk looking at Excel spreadsheets every day. I It's funny when you say like the word entrepreneurship even, it, I don't know if it necessarily resonates with me. I think of it as this was just something that 
I was curious about. It felt fun. It, it, it felt like something I wanted to do every day. And there was a huge moment actually in the business school where they said, our job here in an MBA experience is to set you up so that you hit more forehands. If you're really good at hitting forehands in tennis, you should hit more forehands. And I had never thought about that. I wasn't even that good at math, honestly, and be doing finances hilarious in many ways because I kept trying to figure out other skills to add to my arsenal. But doing the shop feels like things that actually play to my strong suit and things that are fun. And so if I can keep finding ways to grow the shop in a way that still maintains things that are fun and plays into my strengths, I think that's really important. I love that analogy and I, I couldn't agree more. And I also think that naturally when you're you're doing things that you are good at or that you do enjoy doing, it doesn't mean they're going to always be easy, but I do think that it definitely gives you an extra motivation to wanting to do them. And, and then hopefully also an extra level of excitement or enga and engagement when, when you do get to do them. And as a result of that, I think it makes you just better at them. Definitely. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So what's ahead for you? So for context too, we're recording this at the end of 2021, but what is, as you're thinking about 2022, what are you excited about? Yeah. So we are... To your three to five years question, I'm all in. I'm probably working this still the same hours that I worked in my previous life. I'm loving it, but this is all in moment. Put all the chips in moment. We, we, when we first took over, when we first opened up, we had 1200 square feet. It was a five-year lease. Let's take a small space. Let's see if this works. A small, relatively small investment. And I guess last year or earlier this year, excuse me, we had the opportunity to expand into our neighboring building and also buy the parking lot next to it. And in Chapel Hill, there's downtown Chapel Hill, there's not a lot of parking. And so the initial sort of idea of whether this can even float as a business has, has worked. And so now we are expanding and we are hoping to open up our expanded location, which will take us from 1,200 square feet to 3,600 square feet and hope to open up in spring, be fully completed and expand our menu and grow from there. So there's a lot sort of 2022 is a huge year in terms of establishing ourselves as a as something bagels and beyond and hopefully entering a lot of other areas. And the next three to five years are really going to test that to see how much we can really push in the triangle. That's super exciting. And I'm due for a visit to Chapel Hill in the spring. So hopefully I can time it when you're yeah. ready to open, open up. Alex Brandwine, founder of Brandwine's Bagels. Thank you so much for, for joining me today, for sharing your journey to business school and talking about how you built Brandwine's Bagels and, and, and why you've chosen to do it. Um, if people want to learn more about you or Brandwine's Bagels, where can they go? Where can they find you? Sure. Um, Al, thank you so, so much for having me. Really, really fun chatting with you. We're, if you search Brandwine's Bagels, brandwinesbagels.com, we're big, obviously, on all the social media at Brandwine's Bagels. So give us a follow, reach out, love to connect anyway, whether it's bagel related, MBA related, entrepreneurship, et cetera. I'd always love to pay it forward because of all the, the people that have helped support me. So please um, don't hesitate to reach out. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. 
Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.